You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, everyone. It's Andy here. Welcome back to the show. We're going to be talking about manifestation again today, co-creating your highest vibe life in 2022. Are you feeling like you want to find a new, non-boring, overwhelm-free, dare I even say, woo way to set your goals for the remainder of this year? Are you moving into the spring and feeling like, yeah, it's time. It's really time to start turning things up, to cultivating my dreams, and to really finding a way forward in times that have been quite, to be honest, dark. If you're feeling that way and you're feeling like, okay, I've been tiptoeing into it and I've been struggling to find clarity on what would really light me up in this year and I'm ready to design a customized plan for myself, this episode is going to be so empowering for you. I have a guest today, one of my brilliant students and also friend, Jordan Laurel. And Jordan, you can find her over on Instagram at that name, Jordan Laurel. And I want to share this with you first. I was looking at Jordan's International Women's Day Instagram post the other day, and here's what it said. It said, and I'm going to quote this from her post, as someone who was raised in and very disempowered by an extremely patriarchal culture, this day and what it represents is so important to me. I lived much of my life waiting for God and a man to fix, save, and make me happy. While there were some temporary blips that seemed to look like it was happening, it never did. What did happen was I fixed, saved, and made myself happy. I got myself out of emotionally and sexually abusive relationships and circles where women were controlled and trained to submit. I got to work healing my trauma, rewiring my brain, and learning how to not only function, but eventually thrive. Then she goes on to say, I had to choose to shift my victim mindset to an empowered one, to face the mindsets, behaviors, and patterns that weren't serving me, and change them, to relive the trauma, to heal it, to choose to get up, work through it, and not give up day after day after day. Our choices are so incredibly powerful. We are so incredibly powerful. This is what I love about Jordan. She truly stands in this mantra every day. Our choices are so incredibly powerful. We are so incredibly powerful. So I met Jordan at the beginning of the year. Actually, she reached out over Instagram. She was a listener of the podcast, and then she joined Manifestation Blueprint, the live edition that we offered at the beginning of the year. By the way, we have the digital on-demand version coming for you right now. You can get on the wait list. So she joined the course, and it was such a joy to be with her celebrating her manifestations. She just moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. She had these beautiful ideas of what she wanted to create and build with this massive life transition that she committed to. And I had this wonderful opportunity to be really right beside her as she started to find clarity and start to work into the worth that is so rightfully hers to build this life plan that she's now visioning for herself. And what she's got planned for 2022 is nothing short of magic. And I know she'll get it because she's working the strategies that we use in Manifestation Blueprint every day. And she's already started to have these wins from finding an apartment that was fully what she envisioned and then realizing, hey, I want to dream a little bit bigger and I need to... I need to adjust this dream and go a little bit higher and then making a decision quickly that, hey, I thought this was the right thing for me, but I'm going to go for something even greater next. So I get to see her do that, and it's incredibly empowering. She's working now as a life coach. This is a new endeavor for her. She's worked as a content creator for so many years. Her, her focus and the work that she d- does is all around supporting women with mindset, with mental health, and celebrating and creating beauty in life inside and out. So here we go. Welcome, my friend, Jordan Laurel. So wonderful to have her here with me. 
Also, if you are interested in joining me in Manifestation Blueprint, the on-demand edition, which means you can do this at your pace, at your leisure, everything is recorded. There's workbooks, videos, all sorts of magic at your fingertips, and you want to get some really beautiful bonuses with the course, like 29 days of manifestation journal prompts, that's one of your bonuses, a workbook all around finding your soul path using your North Node astrology. If you want some of these things, which are for our VIPs only, you got to get on the wait list. That's how you become a VIP. That information I will leave in the show notes for you. Okay, let's get started with the episode. Welcome, Jordan Laurel. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Happy to be here. I know. And we're in my we're in my house recording at my home studio. So this is extra fun for me because I get to be with you live and in person. I know. And it's our first time meeting in person too, I which know. I've been looking forward to. Oh, so good. So good. So we've got a lot of good stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to focus on some manifestation things that we actually started chatting about originally in the Manifestation Blueprint course, which you went through with me, let's see, at the end of at the end of the year going into 2022. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff. But before we get there, we're going to start with some astrology, your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. I am an Aries Sun, okay, uh, Virgo rising and a Scorpio moon. Mm. (laughs) Aries Sun, Scorpio, wait, say it one more time. Aries sun, mm-hmm. Virgo, rising, Virgo rising, and Scorpio moon. Scorpio moon. I love it. You've got that kind of like, it's a really balanced energy, but a little bit of like extra fire to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Scorpio, me <laughs> I feel like is, um, it's like the fieriest water sign. So when you've got that Scorpio, it's also like the witchiest sign. I always love that, <laughs> that Scorpio energy. So, so much fun. Yeah. Such a good balance. And you can get shit done because of that Virgo, that Virgo-ness. Yes. Yep. I think my organizational side comes from that. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so we have the next round of Manifestation Blueprint coming up super soon. It's going to be a digital on-demand version. You got to be in the live the live course earlier this year. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that have come from that and your manifestation practices, some of the practices that... Of course, we both think are really, really important. But before we get there, let's start with a little bit about your background. So tell me a little bit about you, what you've been working on. You've just moved to California, which is why you're here Mm -hmm. live and in person. So give me a little bit of a story, background story on you. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I grew up in South Jersey, right outside Philly. Um, and I was, I studied pre-law for a little bit, then switched to music and ended up um, getting my master's in piano. So I was a classical pianist, was teaching. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that about you. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I forget I forget it because it seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. But yeah, I was a, a, a musician for quite a bit of my life. I started at age five. Um, and I was teaching and just felt really unfulfilled. I had always had such a passion for um, aesthetics, fashion, beauty, art, photography. Um, and so I started blogging as like a creative outlet because I, I love kids, but I just, there wasn't that like substantial, fulfilling, like meat to what I was teaching every day. It was like, where's middle C? Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, <laughs> which, you know, can get a little repetitive. So um, yeah, I started blogging and I just, I saw it taking off and saw I was starting able to make money from it, um, was able to help people, connect with people online. I just really enjoyed it. Um, and then switched to doing that full time after about about two years of doing it. Yeah, that's so exciting. It's like such a dream career for so many people. And to be able to make that transition from music, which now that I know that, I've got to show you Ben's piano and keys studio before you leave. You can can go see all the the good stuff. Um, But yeah, being able to make that transition from something that was what you grew up doing and what you thought you were going to pursue as a career and to have success in a in a world that can be quite challenging to break into is is really beautiful. So you were you were probably manifesting before you even knew you were manifesting. Yeah, you know it's funny after taking the course in just these last few months really like just all the deep digging I've been doing. Yeah. Um I was like, wow, I was definitely manifesting. I just didn't realize. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that that's often that's often the case for people that kind of 
get into it really quickly where it's like, oh, I can turn this on. I can like go through the practices and quickly find my way into calling in what I want. It's usually because you were in some capacity doing this really naturally. I mean, backing up even, we're all manifesting all the time. It's just a matter of what we're manifesting and if it's the things that are creating a betterment of our lives versus pulling us down. So which, you know, we all are manifesting both of those things at some point or another throughout our lifetime. So that's a, that's a good awareness to to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dig more into it and just kind of like look at, I think I was, what worked for me was the things I was able to manifest. I was really good at getting convinced that they were for my good and the good of others. And so I was able to energetically get behind them and believe in them, Um, which for me now, kind of knowing a lot more about how it all works, like energy, your energy and um, your beliefs are like probably the two most powerful things in manifesting. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, so I've been doing this show on Pinterest TV, which you know, because you were a guest on the show and we just wrapped up the last episode. But every week when we were opening the show, I was reminding the audience that it's that feeling, the emotional energy that you're putting into something. And then of course, taking action. But it's those things that ultimately create a good manifestation practice. Really being able to feel into what you want, being able to find yourself into that emotional energetic state that's going to support mm, you in getting there mm-hmm. and then taking the action yeah, to make I, the things happen. I did used to daydream a lot about like, oh my gosh, being at a runway show. I would yeah. like imagine how it would feel. Yeah. I didn't even realize that was part of manifesting, but yeah, I did do a lot of feeling mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. That's so cool. It's <laughs> such a good example. So, okay. One of the things I want to talk about first is, which we talk about in the course, and this is a something that I find to be really important in the manifestation practice is you got to do that work to release the limiting beliefs, which we talk about a lot on the show. You've got to do the work to release attachments Mm. to things that aren't serving you. And in the course, there's a part of the course where we work on what is called rackets. And so rackets are an emotional attachment that's unwanted and persistent. So to set it up for you guys that are listening, when we're talking about rackets, there's there's two columns basically of how rackets work. There's a payoff column. So it's that emotional addiction and how we avoid responsibility, but you sometimes think you're winning, so you feel like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting paid off in a good way," but in reality, you're just having this emotional attachment and addiction to something that actually isn't serving you mm. and you're not then taking responsibility for the betterment of your life. And on the flip side, in the other column is the costs. So it's what we lose. It's where our aliveness and our potential becomes suppressed because of that emotional attachment or that emotional addiction. So we were talking before the show about some examples of this. And one that was coming up for me that I felt like I had when I was younger, and of course, Ben came in to help us get the show set up, and I asked him if I still have this today, and he was like, I'm not answering this question. (laughs) But he also was like, you know, I I can see that you have some stubbornness to you, but this isn't really a racket that you're running in your life anymore. But it's definitely one that I recall having very much, it was very much in my life when I was younger, and that racket was a need to be right. And so... And I think that was built from, for me, that came from wanting to get a lot of affirmation as a kid, wanting to like do really well in school, Mm. wanting to be the best one in dance class. Like I really had that kind of perfectionistic quality, but that also Mm. meant that I couldn't, if I failed, I I felt like I was, I was not worthy. And so I always wanted to be or do the right thing, which to me felt like, that was the emotional addiction. Mm-hmm. And it felt really like this is what I I want to be the best. I want to be really great at everything. But that that led to needing to always be right. Mm. And then, of course, the cost of that is when you're always being right or when you always have to be the best, then you don't have humbleness that you would have otherwise if you can allow yourself to be in a space of not always knowing how to be the best or not always having the final answer and human connection, friendships, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So we were chatting before and you mentioned a racket that 
was a big one for you. So talk to me about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, rightfully so I had a very, I had a victim mindset. Like I did go through a lot of trauma. I had a lot of things happen to me, was bullied. Um, but I let that become my identity. And I always Mm -hmm. had this like, woe is me. Something always had to be wrong. People were always wronging me, um, victim mindset. And, it really held me back from stepping into my power and healing and growing and taking charge of my life. Like, I think that's one of the things I'm so grateful about um, getting into blogging and being a content creator. It really taught me how powerful I am. Um, but yeah, t- it definitely took, it took, you know, obviously doing a lot of healing work and healing some of what had, ha- the, what had happened to me and how it, healing what had happened to me and how it affected me. But, um, but wow, it, I didn't realize how much that mindset I was choosing to stay in was holding me back. Yeah. And I find that, I mean, most of us have had, even if you had like the best parents in the world and they were like really open to lots of things and gave you an opportunity to explore life in a way that was really like your own, even with that we all, mm-hmm. just about all of us, had some <laughs> yeah. sort of trauma growing up. Yeah. And for a lot of us, there was something that happened that there was some real victim scenario. And so as we get older, if we continue to tell ourselves that story of, or or replicate that story of, I, I was a victim, that was true, that was real, and... Luna's now jumping up in Jordan's lap. She's like, okay, happy to have a little friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so when we have that, when we have that as our reality, it becomes really easy to continue to play that out Mm -hmm. over your lifetime Mm -hmm. because it's just what you know. Yeah. And I th- I think that, you know, obviously there needs to be space held for the pain and the feelings and the emotions. And um, I'm so grateful for great therapists that help me work through stuff. But but yeah, it got to a point where it was it was really taking my power from me. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So for those that are listening, it's I think it's really important in the manifestation process. It's definitely a part of what we do in Manifestation Blueprint to really consider what are the emotional attachments that you have? What are the emotional addictions that you have? And it can be to all sorts of things. It could be, you can have an addiction to um, to affirmation, which is kind of the need, needing to be right, but you can have an mm-hmm. addiction to the way that you're loved. That can be one. And that can be one that can go really deep in a lot of ways and not allow you to find self-love because you have to be loved by others in a very specific way in order to fee- to feel fulfilled and to feel mm. worthy. So that's when I see a Outsourcing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's one. Um, just the addiction to... There's, we've got, we're, we live in such an overstimulated society. So like the addiction to having something going on all the time, the addiction to busyness, the addiction to like always needing like something else coming in for you. In yeah. order to feel like you're worthy of whatever it is you have going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think outsourcing has, for me, has been a huge addiction that I've overcome. Outsourcing, like I was always looking for, I think I grew up probably maybe in a similar environment as you where it was like it was so performance based I was always yeah. being be, being judged by what I did do or I didn't do or my grades and um you know it trained me to really look externally to accomplishing things or to um somebody wanting to be with me uh to yeah. feel worthy and loved and so a huge I, I guess it's kind of codependency so a huge part For of sure. my healing journey has been learning how to be sovereign and give myself first the things that I need so that everything else is obviously we're meant to have connection and we're meant to have you know to have a purpose and to do good in the world and when we we know we're accomplishing that or somebody loves us that feels great but it's it's more of a bonus in my life than something that I need to feel good yeah um oh yeah so true <laughs> so true and when we're running rackets it's often so hard to see them and the people around us can see them and feel them they mm-hmm. like know like this is a thing that goes on with you um, so in that, a good way to identify, this is, this is a way I like to identify, okay, what are the rackets you're running? Yeah. Look at, look at some folks in your life that 
are important to you in your life, but that you find some annoyance in. And this could be like a girlfriend that you love, but like Mm. you sometimes get like kind of annoyed at some parts of her. This could be like something that goes on with your, like if you've got a sister that you're really close to um, or someone in your family Mm. that you're really close to, but there's something about them that creates some annoyance for you. That's often a projection of a racket that you're running that you don't even see that you're running. The thing that's annoying you about them or like a coworker. Like if there's something that goes on, like if you've got a coworker that you're like, she's really great, but then sometimes she gets really bossy. Uh There's likely some projection of like your racket of bossiness within your projection. Within that kind of of her. Yeah. Uh Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. Jeff and I had a lot of conversations about this. Some of this, most of the things we would get annoyed about the other doing were things that we were annoyed that we did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good way to kind of start to identify your rackets is look at what are Uh you projecting on others. Now, I mean, that coworker could really be really bossy, but you would be less triggered by it if you didn't have some of that yourself. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Relationships are great mirrors. Yeah. (laughs) Such good mirrors. It's so true. So let's talk about moving from, because I know this is a lot of the work you've been doing, Mm. moving from self-doubt into self-confidence and moving from scarcity mindset and limiting beliefs around what's possible for you into a more expansive way of living. So let's talk a little bit about what you've done to do that work, to move out of Mm. self-doubt and into confidence and out of scarcity and into expansive possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I definitely, again, I know I keep saying this, but healing work, um, therapy, like really digging into, because I found personally a lot of my limiting beliefs, a lot of my fears, anxieties, um, struggles, like have come from beliefs or coping mechanisms that came from trauma that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really digging into some of that stuff has really set me free um, from a lot of stuff that was just holding me back and weighing um, weighing me down. But I think ultimately too, um, I got to a point where I was like, I just decided, I was like, I believe I am worthy. We are all worthy. If I believe everybody else is worthy, I need to believe I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it got to a point where um, I also needed to just choose and then to do things to help me feel that choice. So um, affirmations. um, And then a huge thing I think is treating myself like I'm worthy. Taking time to rest. It's something as simple as that. Um, I think that the way we, or how we allow other people to treat us or talk to us, like how you, your actions confirm what you believe. And it's really hard for your subconscious to believe something that you're not acting out. So I think reinforcing what I chose to believe, um, yeah, that, that has been really powerful. It's, it's so important, I think, to, to remind ourselves that Going from doubt to confidence, that's a, that's a, that's a massive, um, you know, I'm like looking at in my mind, like this continuum there, there's such polar opposites, doubt and confidence. And we don't just overnight go from doubting ourselves to the next day being like, yep, I got this and, mm-hmm. and stepping into confidence. There's all these little steps along the way. And what you just spoke to are the perfect steps. It's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to treat myself well, I'm going to do some things for myself, whether that's giving myself um, something like the rest that I need, whether that's like buying like something extra fun at Trader Joe's to cook mm. for myself for dinner, oh, which, I know that's, and yucky. Yeah, which I know that's something you like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's like going and spending a little extra money on something that's going to make you feel really beautiful, mm. you know, a great lipstick or a perfume or a new bag. All of those things are little steps that you can take to start to move out of doubt and into confidence so that over time, you've walked that continuum and you wake up and it's like, oh, I do start, I am starting to have some belief in a big way about what's possible for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such good. It's such good stuff. Okay, so let's talk about the list in the manifestation practice, in the eight-step practice. It's one of the big steps is starting to get really clear and specific about 
what you want to call in. And we've talked about this um, on this podcast before about my house. And we were talking, you and I were talking when you got here earlier today about some of the things that were on my list and calling in us finding this house in LA. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to feel very retreat-like. I wanted to have a garden. I wanted to have one of the funny things on my list was I wanted to have a big tub and I ended up having a really big tub in the backyard. I'm jealous of your tub. tub. (laughs) A really big tub. Um, But those were some of the things that were really important to me that had to get on the list. Mm -hmm. And a part of that practice is when you create that list, then you start to be able to recognize the Mm -hmm. thing once it starts to show itself to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tell me about a couple of things that you've been able to call in in your manifestation practice by getting really specific and writing your lists. Mm. Can I just comment on lists for a second though about how, wow, I didn't realize how powerful this was. And I, Jeff actually had been doing this. Um, When we met, we wrote down a list of everything we wanted in an apartment. And I was like, oh, I've never done this before. But especially after doing the manifestation blueprint with you, I'm like, holy cow, lists are powerful. Because yeah, one, you recognize it. You know what you want. You're not just looking for happiness or, you know, a man. You like, you know exactly what you want. Um, It keeps you from settling, Totally. It also helps you then get clear on inspired actions to take because you know what you're moving towards. You're yeah. not just moving. You have a direction. Yeah. Um, and it also, for me, also has helped me help me remove limiting beliefs because I could see them because I would I would write down what I wanted and I would be like if if anything was possible if it was a perfect world if this wouldn't hurt anybody and then some of the stuff I wrote I was like wow. I've not believed this was possible. Yeah. But I I do have like what limiting beliefs do I have surrounding this thing? Um so lists are powerful um in manifestation. Um but yeah, so I wrote some lists with you and I I even forgot I did this when we did we were doing a, it was a different exercise. I think it was the I I think it was the vision board oh, and yeah. I wrote down a for my apartment, taupe and black and white. Um, and sure enough, I called into my life a beautiful apartment with a taupe kitchen. And just that actually helped me realize, because I'm moving again, <laughs> um, other limiting beliefs I had surrounding yeah. what was even possible in an apartment and in the area I live. And so now my list expanded and I'm actually just in a few months up leveling again. Um, but yeah, I called in um, a beautiful apartment. I called back in my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it took us taking some time and space, working on our mindsets. And I got very clear. I wrote down a list of everything I wanted in a partner and a relationship. And it helped me come back to when when he came back into my life. I was very unattached because I I knew what I wanted. And I trusted it was going to come. And if it wasn't him, even though I was hoping it would be, that was okay. I knew it was going to come in the right way, in the right way, at the right time. And maybe it was just the wrong time. Maybe it was a different person. Um, But I felt like I stayed true. But it also gave him space to be the things that I wanted him to be that he hadn't been previously. Yeah. so yeah, he was, um, and our our current relationship dynamic was something that I called in, um, friends, um, jobs. I've been getting so many more job opportunities. I've been getting so much more inspiration for content um, that will empower women and help women and just raise people's vibrations. Like it's, I've had so many amazing things come into my life over the next over the last few months, just from writing lists and getting clear um, and believing. Yeah. It's, I find that sometimes people are a little hesitant to write the list because they're, they're, they have a fear that, because it's kind of like goal setting, right? And in, in which you're like stating with clarity, that these are the things that I want to have occur for me. And I think sometimes we get into a headspace that, well, if I don't get that thing, or if in the case of goal setting, I don't reach that goal, then I've failed and I'm not worthy and we get down on ourselves. Mm-hmm. What I love about the process of writing the list, and I encourage anyone who feels like I'm a little nervous about writing it because then what if I don't get exactly what it is and then I feel like I've failed. I love the process of when you write the list, writing what you want and then including 
as like kind of a disclaimer that this is what you want or something greater. Yeah. And giving the universe the opportunity to show you like this, maybe you thought it was going to be this, but actually what you really need right now is this. And if you, if you Mm -hmm. allow for that disclaimer in some way, it really allows you to let go of the attachment, which which you just talked about with, with Jeff, which I think is really, really important because Mm -hmm. if you're attached to, it has to be this, Mm -hmm. exactly this then you can start to kind of get into this energy of like clawing your way towards that thing versus just releasing it to the universe or God or sources whim to deliver it how it should be delivered. Yeah. The way that you really need it to be delivered. Yes. I I think more and more that that is a huge part of the magic is the relaxed energy that you bring to anything that you're trying to call in to any situation. Yeah. I just notice even the way I write emails now versus the way I wrote emails like two years ago when I was pitching brands to work with them, like night and day. <laughs> like yeah. no one, like, no, I still, I, I'm grateful I had a decent amount of work, but I feel like some of them, I'm like, why did they not run for the hills? <laughs> I had such an attached, clingy, desperate energy in this email. And so I think that relaxed, trusting energy that, I'm going to be taken care of. Everything I need, everything I want that's truly the best for me is going to come at the right way, at the right time, yeah. in the right way, at the right time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to find itself. It's going to find its way to you the way that it, it needs to. Yeah. I think about this example. I mean, for me, one of the things that was a big one for me is, so my book, Wonderful, came out in 2016. And I immediately was ready which is like a long time ago now. So immediately I was ready to start working on the next book. And my my literary agent, my publisher, everyone was like, you need to chill and you need to wait and let the, <laughs> let the next book find you. By like mid-2018, it had been two years, and they were like, just focus on the book that's come out. Like in my mind, because I had worked on it like all of 2015, it was like old news, but it was – really new to everyone else in the world that was was discovering that book. So I was like in this like weird headspace of like really wanting to get the next book ready to go. So like by 2019, I had written the pitch of what I wanted the next book to be. I was like very sure of what I thought it was going to look like. And I could not sell the damn thing. Like my literary agent was like, my, 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 my publisher I had worked with on my book that came out in 2016 was like, that's not the one we want next. So we're going to pass. And I was like very surprised. And then my literary agent was like, I can't get a yes. And I'm really surprised because this feels really strong, but we could not get a yes. And I was like, has my manifestation powers dried up? Like what's going on? Like how can I not manifest getting this next book done? But I was giving myself that, that moment of like this or something greater, this or something greater. 2020 rolls around. 2020 is what 2020 is. And the book that I had been writing would have been completely misaligned because that book, had I gotten that deal in 2019, would have come out like end of 2020 or early 2021. So then I would have had this book coming out that would have been completely misaligned with what was going on Mm. in the world at that time. And I ended up getting the deal the beginning of 2020, like spring of 2020, once I got really clear on the way I wanted to transition the book to something completely, not completely different, but fairly different. So I kind of rewrote the pitch spring of 2020 when 2020 was becoming what it was. And immediately we were able to sell it because it was like, it was just like this new alignment for me. And it was like aligning to what was going on in the world. And the first person we went to with it was like, yeah, I want, I want this book. So now that book is coming out and now it's done. It's coming out next year. But something that in like 2016, I was so, or 2017, I was so attached to had, I, the universe was like, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to <laughs> wait and like go through what you're going to go through and what we're all going to go through. And then when the right thing finds its, mm. its way out, it's going to be something you feel really proud of and aligned with. Wow. If that makes sense. Yes. Oh my gosh. Looking back, I think, wow, at some of the situations that I tried to force, that I clung to, and I am so glad, especially a particular relationship or almost relationship, 
I just, I'm so grateful, but it's so hard to see it in the moment. So I try really hard whenever I'm struggling now or I'm struggling to have faith or I'm questioning to look back at how things have always worked for me and remember that and just relax and trust and especially trust the timing because, yeah. Yeah, the timing is so incredibly important. And I think it's worth reminding ourselves too that timing for us is like mere mortals feels like just time, time feels like it's all moving so fast, but like in the vastness of the universe and in the vastness of like the quantum realm, like this is all just like, but a little blip. So like Mm -hmm. this year for 2022 of, you know, getting my book done now versus 2016 to the universe is like, Nothing. It's like, it's like, it's just going to happen when it's going to happen. To me, it was like, but it's four (laughs) years. It's taking so long. I know. I'm not a very patient person, so I can relate. Yeah. But I'm learning to, instead of wait, to watch, to still believe, Mm -hmm. take action, but be focused on what's put in front of me right now Mm -hmm. while that other thing I'm trying to call in is going to get here at the right time. And it's not right now. (laughs) As it's floating in the ether, making its way to you. Yeah, so good. Okay, so let's talk about some daily manifestation practices that you love for morning and evening. We talked about this on the Pinterest TV episode. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you do in your morning rituals and evening rituals to support your manifestation practice? Um, Yeah, so I find that they are usually things that are going to either work on my mindset or, like we were mentioning earlier, um, kind of confirm my worth my love for myself, my relationship with with my relationship with myself, um, and all of them kind of tend to raise my vibration um, and get me in a really good energy. Um, so for me, I love waking up and going for a walk within like the first hour that I wake up um, and listening to an empowering podcast. Um, and a lot of times either before, during, or after, I will journal. If I'm out walking, I'll do it on my phone. Um, But I am still finding limiting beliefs or um, negative thoughts, things that just aren't serving me, um, coming up for me here or there. And sometimes, a lot of the times, the podcast will trigger that or just, I don't know, whatever I'm thinking about that day, something I'm trying to prepare for. Um, So yeah, so walking outside. I've been told if you walk... um, outside within the first hour of the day, it like sets yeah. your um, your body to the circadian cycle, circadian yeah. rhythm. Um, I'm probably butchering that. But no, that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. And so, and it kind of just drips dopamine to be outside, to be moving your body, getting sunlight in that early in the morning. Um, so that's something I like to do in the morning. Um, and then in the evening, I love to take a bubble bath at night. I take a bubble mm. bath pretty much every night. And I find so that, well, yeah, it just, it. I tend to be a workaholic. And so taking time to rest and relax and have fun is, for me, a powerful way to be like, no, you are worthy of rest. You deserve to be pampered. You deserve to relax. You deserve to have fun and enjoy your life. You don't have to work all the time to make a living, to um, be a worthy person. Um, So it kind of helps me like confirm my worth and also break that attachment that my worth sometimes still has to my productivity. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's so hard. It's so hard to break that. I mean, for for anyone who's like grown up in the culture that we grew up in, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the hustle culture is so real and allowing ourselves to lean into softness and slowness is really difficult still. Yeah. 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 And it's such a limiting belief. Like who in the high heavens said you need to be burnt out and exhausted and constantly working yeah. to be successful. Like I, that doesn't sound good to me. That is no. not a belief I want to opt into. I want to believe I can have balance and rest and ease and fun and still make a big difference and still have abundance in my life and everything I need. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so beautiful to be thinking that way. You're in the opulent shift with me right now. And one of the mm-hmm. things that came up in our last group session was, which I loved was Several of you guys were talking about one of the dream ways of creating your perfect career in future is to only be working four or five, six hours mm-hmm. a day. And it's so possible. Yeah. It's so possible. But we've been conditioned to believe that you've got to be, you've got to be in constant burnout to be effective. When the reality is we know if you're in constant burnout, you're not creative. You're yeah. not like none of the none of the good stuff you need to be 
and your highest power is even possible. Yeah, that's a huge shift I've made over this last year. Um, just in general, like for me to be rested, happy, taken care of, um, that is of high service to me and to the entire world because I can show up so much better. Um, so it's it's still working on having that be something I feel all the time, but I mm-hmm. definitely believe now like, no, it's better for me to be taken care of and rested and um, yeah, just to be able to show up better and serve better. Every, all of us deserve that. We just, we it's so, I don't know how it became ingrained in us that the opposite is true. Yeah, it's it's so true. I personally, one of the big things that I committed to when we moved here was on our weekends, Ben and I, every weekend, maybe not both days, but one day or the other, we commit to basically a date day. And we usually go to the beach and like go have a really great meal. We we love going out to, to Malibu or Santa Monica, go spend the day on the beach, bring a picnic, have a really great meal, no work load up with books. I actually have a library card for the first time in my adult life. Like Aww. I actually go to the library and like check out books. And wow. so I get my stack of like fun fiction books. We go to the beach, bring the, sometimes we bring like the Sunday times and I'm like super committed that those are days I do no work. And I, it's so, so important. I love that. I've noticed this from our conversations that you, that seemed to be a trend and I, I really love and respect that. Yeah. And it's, you know, not everybody has to do it on like Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. but it's like, find that time for you. For me, that, mm-hmm. for me, I do pack my, my weekdays pretty full. So, and so does Ben. So that gives us an opportunity to really commit to each other. I mean, actually yesterday I was flying back from having several days of client meetings and he texted me and he said, he's got a writing session for a record that he's working on for an artist that is really wonderful. And he said, okay, I'm trying to sort out the time and day on which I'm going to do this writing session with her. What day is date day? Like we both know, like we're really committed to our weekends. So he was like, before I commit to any sort of writing session over the weekend, I want to make sure that we're like really in this together. And I find that to be, yeah, it's, he's like, he's just a magical human (laughs) in general, but I find that that is so important that you hold those boundaries in that space for yourself. And that's a part of that self-doubt to self-confidence continuum mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go to our closing five questions. Cool. So the first one is, tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. Yeah. Okay. I thought about this and you know what? I think it's more of a general thing for me. My nice jewelry and my like nice bags and shoes. Um, I think because growing up, I didn't have that. Um, and I grew up with such a scarcity mindset around money. Um, and those to me were like, I loved fashion and fashion magazines. Like, um, being able to work really hard and buy myself nice things. Um, not only did it like help me confirm that belief that I am deserving, I am worthy, but I was so proud of myself that I was able, that I got myself to that point on my own. Um, and yeah, they, they helped me show up better in, and it, I, I almost feel silly saying it, but it's actually really true. Like when I'm wearing these things, like I feel powerful, I feel grateful, I feel abundant. Um, my vibration is raised. So I feel like they it just serves me. Um, yeah. They serve me in that way. Yeah. And I think sometimes as women, we can feel like those are the things that we shouldn't be proud of being able to mm-hmm. acquire for ourselves. And that stuff can make a massive difference on that self-doubt to self-confidence mm-hmm. continuum. I mean, I remember the first time I bought, I remember I called it like my first pair of like big girl shoes. I bought like a pair of Marc Jacobs shoes that were like $500. And this was in like the early days of my beauty industry career. And how empowered I felt every time yeah. I put those shoes on my feet. It was like... It was a game changer. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that. Like, it can be whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember growing up and kind of, it was like, oh, no, we don't spend that kind of money on ourselves. Like, $50 yeah. on a handbag was too much. And so, yeah, it's been really powerful for me to shift that and be like, no, I spend a lot of money on myself because 
if I want to, I deserve that. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And we all do. We all do. <laughs> we and all it deserve can be, to treat ourselves how we want. Totally. And it, it, like you said, it can be, it doesn't have to be a $500 pair of shoes. It mm-hmm. can be whatever just makes you feel. A vacation. Yes. Any of those things. An apartment. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so important. Okay. Question number two. What is a book that changed your life? Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis. Mm. Oh my gosh, is that book. It's a close second with Untamed by Glennon Doyle. But this book really walks you through your mindset around money, um, limiting beliefs. Um, But I have applied what I've learned from it to every area of my life. And it kind of is a lot about what we're it's kind of related a lot to what we were talking about with manifestation, but it, she has just helped me really work on my worth. Mm, um, so good. I haven't yeah. read that book. I need to put that on my short list. Yeah, it's pretty, it's really powerful. The concepts that she teaches in her courses and her podcasts and her book are life-changing. Mm, um, so good. Yeah. Okay. Next one is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Ah, when Jeff and I got back together, because I remember I was so torn up this past fall when we broke up or when I knew I needed to break up with him. I was like, I don't understand. I really thought like, I felt like this was right. I feel like he's my person. He's my best friend. We are so aligned. We get teased that we're the same person sometimes. Um, And it just didn't make sense to me. And I, it really made me not trust myself or trust my gut. And so us getting back together helped me realize I was right all along and I can trust my gut. I do like my inner knowing is powerful. My intuition is powerful, but it it wasn't that I wasn't right. It was that I needed to release the attachment to let it come back in the right way. Yeah. Um, Such a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, Esther Perel, do you follow any of her stuff? She's like this really amazing... Uh, relationship psychologist, maybe psychiatrist. Oh, yes, you know yes, yes, yes. About? I do know her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she yeah. says that in our relationships, well, we have multiple relationships, of course, over our lifetime. And sometimes it could be the same person over and mm. over and over again that you're just having a new relationship with multiple mm. times. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you are breaking up in between. Sometimes you might be. Sometimes it may just be that you've both shifted so mm. tremendously in the course of the relationship that it becomes a new relationship all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we both stepped into our sovereignty during that break. And that was, it was, yeah, that was what was needed. And now the relationship is so much more beautiful and dynamic and healthy. Yeah. And everything you were calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. What is something that you do for your health and wellness? Ooh, I I love health and wellness, um, but I, I think a huge thing for me is how I eat. Um, I chose, actually through Jeff, because he is really into fitness and health, um, to cut out lectins, sugar, and processed food to a large degree. Not yeah. all the time. I When I go out to eat, I am such a foodie. I eat whatever I want. Um, but I feel so much better. Um, I had had an eating disorder in high school and college, and I had IBS, and so that diet change really helped my gut heal. And I just have so much more energy. My skin cleared up. Like it made a huge change in, and and my mental health because I I have ADHD and sugar for me, it just sends my brain on the fritz. (laughs) And I didn't realize it. I didn't understand where the fog was coming from all the time. And it was from a lot of processed carbs and sugar. And so I'm just so much more clear headed. Yeah. Now. Oh, it's so true. And we're really just, when we're eating in our like most like, caveman sort of way if you know what I mean like back to like yeah. really natural foods and like what was actually on this planet before we had an opportunity to start turning everything into something processed when we can eat that way and I'm not talking about any specific diet at all but just like natural foods in some capacity it makes such a difference in how you think and feel it really does yeah yeah, yeah. okay last question is tell me about a moment you knew magic was real ah <sighs> I think when I came up here to Santa Monica in late January, and I had really kind of had a lot clicking for me with manifestation, I had really stepped into my sovereignty and was really understanding my power and my co-creative power. 
Um, and I came up with Jeff and we weren't like officially back together yet, but I got onto this manifestation. Like I, I, I referred to it as a roller coaster to him because I didn't know how else to describe it, but it was like everything I wanted, I got. Like I wanted, really wanted a jacuzzi, but the hotel he booked, it didn't say anything about a jacuzzi and it had a jacuzzi. I really wanted amazing sushi that night and, and to watch the sunset. And we literally, the first restaurant we stumbled upon was this amazing sushi restaurant that was right by the Santa Monica beach. And it was just every single thing. Oh, I wanted a coffee. And turns out our hotel had a free coffee bar that was open like all day, every day. (laughs) And he, by the end of the trip was like telling people we were kind of together or we were together. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. We didn't talk about this yet, but that's what I wanted. And so I think that I was like, wow, like energetics, you know, my co-creative power, all of this, whether we want to call it magic or divine, um, divine intervention, whatever we're calling it. I was like, wow, holy shit, this is real. And I'm, I've tapped into something really powerful. Mm, I love that. It's so much fun when things start to click like that. And the universe is like, I got this for you. I got this for you. (laughs) Also this for you. Here you go. This is also for you. And you're like walking down the street, like, and there's like sushi and coffee and all the things. And you're like, am I like creating this with my mind right now? <laughs> yeah. like, what is happening? Oh, it's so much fun. That's so, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Awesome. Okay. So Jordan, if our listeners want to find you and your work, where shall we send them? Oh, yes. Um, oh, I guess we never, I never finished telling my story in the beginning. So I am a content creator full time now, um, mm-hmm. as well as a newly practicing life coach. Um, and I am on my platform is Jordan Laurel on Instagram. Um, and I guess on most of the other ones, but I mainly use Instagram. Um, and my blog, which I'm starting to upload to again, is bellbylaurel.com. Awesome. Awesome. This has been so much fun. Thank you for coming and okay. doing this with me. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll have to do, we'll have to do some repeats of like just have you back here and talk about all the new things you're manifesting yes i have some big things i'm trying to call in right now so very exciting yeah we'll do an update (laughs) yes awesome thank you so much all right thank you Thank you so much to Jordan for joining me for this episode. And thank you for listening to another episode of Your Woo Woo Best Friend. If you didn't know, we've been doing some fun little giveaways here and there. I'm going to do another one today. Here's today's giveaway. I've got this really wonderful new moisturizer called the Look Alive Face Moisturizer. It's from Kristen Bell's new company called Happy Dance. I'm enjoying it so much. They sent over quite a few products to try. There's a body butter, moisturizer, bath bombs. This Look Alive moisturizer is a whipped hydrating face cream that's light on skin without any leftover residue. It's really, really lovely. So if you want to win this moisturizer, I will send it to you. All you have to do, share this episode on Instagram and your stories is perfect. Just tag us in your stories. Your Woo Woo BFF is how you find us on Instagram and drop us a review on whatever platform it is that you listen to the show. Leave us a review, share on social. We will draw a winner and we'll be in touch to send you a little goodie. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to see many of you and Manifestation Blueprint. I hope to have more students joining me on the show, celebrating big, beautiful, juicy dreams coming true. Until next time, be well, much love.